Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you on board for a really neat topic today. We talk about creating a system for family caregivers to manage the change that is coming into their lives. And we'll introduce our special guest in just a moment. But first, Tina Smith is filling in for our co-host, Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment. And Tina has been on before. We love having her on. She's Director of Caregiver Program Operations for the WellMed Charitable Foundation, has a master's degree in social gerontology from the University of Central Missouri, and a bachelor's in science in psychology from the University of Missouri at Columbia. And Tina Smith, it is great to see you. Thanks for filling in today. It is always good to be here. I always enjoy uh, visiting with everybody. And so thanks, thanks for having me. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is something that you deal with day in and day out, and that's the challenges caregivers face for the incredible change and problems that come into their lives. It really can be a lot uh, for people. It's not something that a lot of people plan for. And so when they find themselves doing more and more and taking on more and more, it can be pretty overwhelming um, and hard to ask for help sometimes. Jessica Kim joins us. Creating systematic change for family caregivers is what she's involved in. She's co-founder and CEO of Ionicare, an organization that is on a mission to encourage, empower, and equip family caregivers after own personal experience caring for her mother with pancreatic cancer. She's a three-time startup founder, a Crane's Top 40 Under 40 Woman in Digital Health Award in 2020, and a whole lot other stuff. Graduated from Brown University, she holds an MBA from Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. Not too shabby. And it's a pleasure (laughs) to welcome Jessica Kim. Hey, Jessica. Hi, Ron. Hi, Tina. Thanks so much for having me on. Excited to be here. So the best thing to do would be to start off with your own experience as a caregiver, caring for your mom. Uh, And you write about that on your website, uh, talking about how at one point uh, you're breastfeeding your baby while your mom spoon feeds you Um, and flip the coin, you're spoon feeding your mother. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's such a vivid memory for me. And um, I mean, Tina said it really well where you know, family caregivers don't plan on this. Um, almost every family caregiver is just thrust into it. And so my mom had pancreatic cancer for seven and a half years. And my kids were 10, seven and five at that time. And when uh, her cancer came back for the third time, my mom and dad moved from New Jersey up to Boston where I live and they moved in with us. And I was thrust into that role of navigating all of her care I was doing all the nursing duties. I was draining her stomach several times a day, figuring out her finances, logistics. I was working full-time at that time. And I really felt forced, honestly, to choose whether I was going to help my mom, who was like the best mom, by the way, um, in this most critical time, or if I was going to continue around the clock working and caring. And, and it was a very sad, intense situation. And so I ended up quitting my job after working through all three kids. And I became her full-time caregiver for about two years. Um, and, you know, I come from a family of doctors, but it, what I realized is that 
clinicians are obviously so important, but 98% of the time she was under my care and I was unsupported, unguided. I had no idea what to do. We went to the E nonstop and I'm not alone in the fact that I didn't single utilize a single resource. And I'm a tech resourceful entrepreneur, but it was mainly because I didn't even know what existed. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know what to Google. No one in our culture ever talks about this. And yet is the one thing that every single person at some point in their life is going to be on one side of caregiving, no matter what. So it was very shocking to me. I guess you've answered it, but let me come back to how prepared were you to be a full-time caregiver? I mean... I don't even know what the word is. It was completely unprepared. Um, And I think that's why we use the word thrust, right? And it's like such an unpleasant word if you think about it, like you're thrust into it. And it really is that feeling you got pushed into it, whether you want it or not, whether you anticipate it or not. And you really go in not knowing what to anticipate. It's very unpredictable. And so I do see a lot of parallels when we think about caregiving, we think about parenting, right? And so I have three kids. My last company was in parenting. Like, you know, there's a lot that goes on with that as well, but there are predictable milestones. There are growth stages, there are phases, there are numerous books, experts, and then culturally, we all talk about it. When we think about caregiving for another adult or a child with a condition, so a type of caregiving where someone cannot care for themselves and they have some kind of condition, it's so unpredictable. You have no idea what you're facing. You don't know what to search. And there's nothing structurally in our society, especially in the American culture, that embraces this to support you as you go along this journey. So it is completely unprepared and unstructured, and it's very overwhelming. Um, Take just a moment to uh, let folks who just joined us know you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Tina Smith filling in for Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment. And we're talking with Jessica Kim. Uh, she has put together a program called Ionacare.com. You can check it out. It's a really neat website. It's obvious you've got a pretty extensive IT background because your website is so user-friendly. And for folks who want to check it out, again, it is Ionacare.com. And we're talking about how you, Jessica, were thrust, as you use the word, into caregiving for your mom who ultimately just a few years ago passed away at your home. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. She passed away 2017 um, and really started this whole solution, which is in a nutshell, it is your front door and your first step to navigate all the care that happens outside of the hospital and mainly in your home. And so we've identified all the different layers of support that every caregiver or care recipient would need at some point in their journey. And so when we think about care in the home, your friends and family are a critical piece, right? It's still the number one piece of advice that every clinician says is ask your friends and family for help. But we all know that it is actually quite burdensome, very awkward. And Tina, again, said it in the beginning, like no one likes asking for help. It's very uncomfortable. So, but what we figured out is that we can utilize technology and this powerful device of our mobile uh, phone to act as like this buffer so people can freely ask for meals, rides, respite care, childcare, pet care, house errands, because it's not daunting. Like if I said, hey, Ron, um, I'm really exhausted. Can you make me dinner tonight? (laughs) Like we almost chuckle because that is so incredibly awkward that I would feel awkward. You would be, yeah, it would be off-putting to you. But if you're on my team, on my app, and then 
I request out to my 12 to 20 team members that, yeah, a meal would be great because we're coming back from the hospital. It's kind of anonymous, yet I know who's on my team. And then Tina goes, you know what? I would love to. One click of the button and all the details go on both of our calendars. And it took the awkwardness away. And yet Tina's there to show up for me. So that's kind of just a really tangible example of what our app does. But that's one layer. I'll quickly go through the other layers because I can talk nonstop about it. I believe so much in our solution. But, you know, friends and family and that coordination is a critical piece. But we also know it's not enough because, you know, friends and family help in ebb and flow. So we you can we have local resources where you punch in your zip code and you get a Yelp-like experience to food security, transportation, care centers, support groups, all the things in your own town that you don't even know exists. Um, we connect you right on our app. Then we have expert content. And then we work with employers and health plans where we integrate all the benefits that are available to you, but whoever knows what's available to them. And we curate it. So with Ron, we know that you're on the gold plan, not the silver plan. So when you go in there, you only see what you're already eligible for. And so we work with employers and health plans to do that. And then on top of that all, we know it's a human and very complex and emotional experience. So every person gets matched up with a human navigator who is essentially a right-hand person throughout your entire journey. You stick with that same person. So it's that whole comprehensive support system that I wish I had when I was caring for my mom. Um, and ironically, I'm now caring for my 83-year-old dad. So oh, wow. that was unplanned as I'm ironically serving people that I am so the profile of. And so I'm in the- Yeah, but now you have an app for that. It, I mean, Ron, honestly, I, you know, those old commercials, uh, I don't know, like I remember the commercials being like, I'm not only the president, but I am the user. Like, this is exactly <laughs> the case. Like, I really, you, I'm like preaching and living out you know, what we built. And I have a team of 25 on my app. And I will tell you, no joke. I mean, you are catching me at a unique time where I'm picking up my dad tonight from discharge of the hospital. He's been in the hospital for a week. He had complications. He had COVID. We all had COVID last week. Um, and I had every night a meal coming to my door. I had a ride for my kids because I had to go to the hospital. Um, through my navigator, I saved $2,500 because we needed a hospital bed in the, in the, in our house. I was like, where do I go? Amazon, you know, and it cost $2,500. And my navigator helped me figure out through our insurance, what they would cover. And I, so I have a bed in my house now ready for him. It is unbelievable. If you get this, if you unlock the support that's there, we all don't feel like there's anything there, but there are things there. We just don't know. And so through this one app, you can connect to everything. Go ahead, Tina. I was going to say, I mean, it sounds like just a one-stop shop because I know one of the, we talk to caregivers and just the idea, our social service system in the United States in general is tough to navigate. And so to be able to have one place to go to help navigate through that, I mean, that's huge. Um, Because it's it's tiring having to call all these different places, just seeking to see if there's even any help there. So, I mean, that that cuts away a a huge amount of time, huge amount of time. And, you know, you're exactly right. And it's time. And it's very interesting. We see this with the thousands and thousands of caregivers. You know, even if you're capable of doing these things, there is this emotional roadblock and this like burden roadblock to like do the normal research versus like, if you're researching for a vacation, you can look at a hundred sites. It's joyful. It's exciting. You want to share about it. When you're doing research on care, in-home care, because the person you're caring for cannot 
you know, and it gets messy. Like that is so heavy that, that it's not only time, but it's the stress and burden level that we lift by making it accessible. So yeah, um, having it all in one place is our major goal. So, I mean, you, you said it. Now stay with us just yeah. a minute. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Tina Smith, who is filling in for Carol Zernio on Caregiver SOS on Air. A fascinating discussion with Jessica Kim, cared for her mom, now caring for her dad, who created a system to provide online the app that can, if you're a caregiver, make life better. We'll talk more about that on Caregiver SOS on Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. Well, thank you so much for staying with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Tina Smith, who is filling in for Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment. We're talking with Jessica Kim, creating systematic change for family caregivers, giving them the support they need, one-stop shopping at ionicare.com. So, Jessica, you're in Boston. Uh, I'm assuming your system, your app applies nationwide. If I'm in San Antonio, I can get San Antonio help. Yes, absolutely. We're nationwide and um, even international in the sense that, you know, when you create your team, sorry, my dog. That's all right. We all have dogs. It's okay. <laughs> Jessica just ran to let the dog in sorry. or out. <laughs> What's your dog's <laughs> name? Uh, Suki. Her name is Suki. So you're a pet uh, caregiver too. I love it. Yes, <laughs> pet care too. So back to if I'm in San Antonio, how do you know through your app that you're providing me the services I need here? Yeah, so um, we are nationwide. You can even have supporters on your team that are international. Um, and so everything is customized to you. And that's the power of technology. So when you go onto the app and you onboard, uh, we know where you live. Uh, you can also search for zip codes for where your care recipient is if you're a remote caregiver. So it's for all types of caregivers. Um, and we have all the resources available in your zip code. So we know, you know, it's available nationwide for sure. Now, my daddy told me a long time ago, there's no such thing as a free lunch. How do we pay for this? <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking that. The, my dad would say the same thing too. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we are strategically really thinking about how do we systemically change the way our country cares for caregivers? And so we were very thoughtful about how does this become a real change? And of course, we have to have a business to make it a sustainable change. And so when we've thought about that, we are very committed to not charge caregivers themselves. They are already carrying the brunt of this impact. They're already doing so much that our systems are already benefiting from. Family caregivers provide $470 billion worth of care to our systems <laughs> for free. Um, and so when we thought Where about- Where does that number come from? 
Oh yeah. It's all, it's research. I can send you a link that then you can share. Um, but it is, it's a documented number of $470 billion worth of care annually that family caregivers do. So we would say, you know, there's, they are the invisible backbone of our healthcare system and society. I mean, I told you I was caring for my dad. He would, if I didn't exist, he would either stay in the hospital, which is costly to the hospital, or go to rehab, which is all insurance or the government. Um, but because I am here, they're pushing all the care to me. And he is very weak. There's going to be a lot of care that's needed, but I'm carrying the brunt of it as a family caregiver. And when you quit your job to help your mom, you lost that income. Yeah, absolutely. And it had a major financial and emotional impact on our family and myself. And at that point, I really thought my career that I worked so hard to build. And uh, that's where, you know, 32% of um, uh, employees voluntarily leave their jobs because they feel like they have no other option or or support. Um, So we do work with employers and health plans and we partner with them. And so with employers, like um, some of our great clients are Anthem Insurance as an employer, you know, we just launched an H&R block. So these really great companies that really deeply care about their employees and say, we know, especially after the pandemic, we know that there's so much to your life other than the work that you do. And we care about you. So we're offering you Ionicare free of charge to you. We're going to pay Ionicare to serve you, to support you, because we want you to still be well and be productive and know that we care for you. So you stay working with us because we're dedicated to you as well. So that would be a corporate corporate benefit for people working for those companies. What about others who have no corporate uh, representation, just somebody out there caring for a mom? Yes. So that's also a huge, um, you know, part of our mission. So we purposely made the personal social circles, that first layer of support that I talked about where, you know, meals, rides, rest to carry, invite your friends, family, coworkers that we put a lot of work into it. It's a slick um, app that's free and will always be free. It's our dedication just to the world that every caregiver deserves a support um, from their friends and family and community. And we have to redefine care in that way. So that will always be free. Um, what's open to employers and employees are really all the local resources, the caregiver navigator that's completely free of charge, like all of those other layers of support, their benefits. Um, that's what's available if you're part of an employer and health plans, which will out to reach more people, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, um, and health plans in general. So that's how we are reaching individuals um, in this stage right now. Share with us some scenarios of people you've helped through this program. Yourself is a pretty good example, of course. Yes, absolutely. No, we have so many. And I, and I, you know, this is a great, you know, my example, both of them, you know, with my mom, it was cancer care with my dad. It's, I would say elder care, um, where I said, you know, everything from saving me $2,500 and helping me navigate everything. But another really powerful story that um, always stays in my heart, these parents with new, with a new baby, it was in the NICU, so had complications and was in the hospital for the first nine months of her life and um, first baby. And they started a team within four days. It grew to 125 people across the country. And within nine months, they got over 260 meals delivered to whatever location they were at. They had all their grocery shopping done. We were able to find them free housing next to the hospital. So they don't have to pay for the hospital, you know, they don't have to pay for the hotel next to the hospital. Um, They were able to get marriage counseling, understand second opinions, all of that free of charge to them because we were able to quickly gather all the resources and get them and navigate their journey 
as they were kind of going through such a stressful situation. Um, I'm interested had- to interested to hear you say marriage counseling because Tina, you've seen the stress that goes into families who are caring for a loved one. What's that like, Tina? It's, it's absolutely, it's a challenge uh, because the caregiver is so focused on providing that care. The caregiver is under a great deal of stress, which translates uh, to, to some challenges with relationships for those people around them, so, you know, the demanding attention or needing attention. Uh, so it can be hard, it can be hard to get that communication going, things for the, you know, the rest of the family, what have you, but um, it's tough. It's tough all the way around. Yeah. It's interesting, Tina, it's, and Ron, it's really interesting where um, marriage counseling is one of those things that you don't typically think if you're caring for someone with cancer or someone that's going through a health condition, you're a caregiver, you're not like, I need marriage counseling. But like what Tina said, it's a major stress. So that's a clear example of if you leave it up to the caregiver to proactively say, this is what I need, they will never do it. They are always at the bottom of the total pole, but that's what causes their own health to decline. That was, that's what causes all this extra stress for the family, which impacts the care of the care recipient. But when we put the marriage counseling or family counseling in front of them, saying this is already available to you, and we suggest that you use it, even if it's a conversation, because this is stressful, they will take them up on it. And then they realize, oh my gosh, this is totally impacting our marriage. They were, you know, especially in this one case that I was telling you about, they were ships passing each other because they always had one parent in the hospital with the baby for nine months. How can that not wow. have an impact on marriage? So, you know, these are the things that like, we just have to see caregiving as all encompassing. Like it is not just the care of the care recipient. It is the life. It is where it, the, the way it impacts the way we live, work, care. It impacts our health. It impacts our friendships it impacts our livelihood, finances everything. And until we really understand that, we won't see all the support that they need. And then we're trying to put it in all in one place. But I think it starts first with that definition and recognition that I love how you two are really redefining too, and makes such a difference. So Jessica Kim, like in the Wizard of Oz, take us behind the curtain. How did you build this thing? How did you put it together? How did you figure out what you needed? And then how did you get it? That's a great question. Um, my co-founder, Stephen Lee, who is, um, he defines himself as an MIT, you know, tech geek. He's not a geek. He's actually quite cool, but he's just a genius. Um, and w- together we have this combination of really amazing tech and operations behind the scenes, but it makes it very simple for the user, but that takes a lot of work, but then also combining it with a very deeply anthropological human centered uh, way of interacting and serving our caregivers. And so with that combination, we first started with deep, we, we started with nine months of deep, deep research of talking to thousands of caregivers. Um, we studied death manuals from the 14th century. We worked with this PhD who did this whole study on like life and death and the agency of hospitals. We studied the history of palliative care because just like any change that you want to make in a culture or a system, we're not the first. It, this, is a com- this is a culmination of history. And so we went way back in history to say, why does our culture make it so awkward to ask for help? Why do we only look at the hospital for our care? Like, why, how do we get here? And then from there, we really focused on the human experience. And then the tech from there is just a tool to help facilitate what humans want to do or what humans need. 
And so, you know, there's a lot of tech out there. And sometimes I feel like they see tech as the, the, the main thing. Like, no, 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 no. Tech is a tool. What we have to understand is where the human heart is, where the human experience is, and what can mobilize the human part, especially when we think about healthcare, because it is the most human thing we can ever experience is our health and love and care. So really, that's where we started, to be honest. And then everything else was just tactics to make that, to bring that to life. And for those who may not be as computer literate as obviously you are, how user-friendly is that app? So easy. I mean, big buttons, like, you know, like meals, <laughs> rise, respite care, child care. Um, when you go in, we really made it where, you know, this is where the anthropological part comes. It's like, don't worry about what the clinicians need. Like, how do caregivers think? You know, because I am not a medical professional. And when I was going through it, I didn't call it by all those names. I just was like, I need help with my care. Okay, care management. All right, they're going there. And then it says, you know, very clear categories. So we make it super user-friendly. We have all age ranges using it. Um, that is our goal is to make it so Unfortunately, we are simple. flat out of time. We could go on for another hour with you. You're a delight <laughs> to talk with. And again, it's ionicare.com. No cost if you want to check it out. And uh, we thank you so much for the work that you have done. And I hope your dad uh, gets back on his feet and recovers. Thank you. Thank you, Ron and Tina. Just I really appreciate all that you do and moving this conversation forward. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Jessica Kim, thank you. Thank you to Tina Smith. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.